This show is sponsored by Hulu Plus. Hulu Plus lets you binge on thousands of hit shows, including your favorite anime, anytime, anywhere on your TV, PC, smartphone, or tablet. Support this podcast and get an extended free trial of Hulu Plus when you go to HuluPlus.com forward slash anime. That's HuluPlus.com forward slash anime. Kiki and Lala are learning about stars and constellations. Then there's another Kiki and Lala anime. Then there's the Essentialist. Then there's <laughs> Yosei Dick. Yosei Dick. <laughs> based on Hoverty Dick by Catherine Mary Briggs. Tells the story of a 300-year-old hobgoblin who lives in Widford Manor in the Cotswolds. heard the song Ebb and Flow from the anime Nagino Asukara by the artist Ray. And you are listening to episode 221 of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. We have one mission, and that mission is... To make your anime addiction worse. Well, thank you, Cram. Wait, no Chiaki? Oh, no. What's going on? I don't know. Today it's uh, only the dulcet tones of testosterone-filled males. So, this what, is... What kind, of, what kind of fest would you call this? Uh... Uh, perhaps a sausage fest? A sausage fest, you indeed, think? Indeed, you think a sausage so? fest. What would Roko call it? I'm not sure. Sausages! Sausages! R- Roko? Roko, are you here? Roko? Is he? Wait, where is he? Where's Where's Roko? Sausages! Sausages! He's like an NPC. He can only say one thing. Oh. He's broken. <laughs> sausages! Oh. Sausages! Okay, that's enough. You pipe down. Anyway, so this is sort of a fill-in episode. Mitsugi will be going to China um, in the coming weeks, and because of that, there will be no live episode during that week. But we were kind enough to record an episode for you so you wouldn't have to go a week without your addiction being satisfied. So we are having a sausage fest today, Cram and Mitsugi. That's right. Chiaki is at work, so because this is a a fill-in episode, the intro of the episode is going to be a little bit light. There's no five-star review, no forum members, no trivia. Um, But we do have have a mailbag. But first, Cram, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Really, really well. 
What is the drink of the day? What are we having here? Uh, you were kind enough to make me an iced coffee with a little bit of milk, as I requested. I I, I didn't make anything. You, I just I simply poured, you poured it. it into a cup. That counts as making it. Does it? Yeah. So in Japan, you can buy coffee out of out of a carton, mm-hmm. just like milk, and it's and reasonably good. It's pretty good, yeah. yeah. And so you take some of that coffee and some of the some of the Meg milk, which is what I buy, and. Mm-hmm. Mix it together and you have yourself a little cafe au lait. Oh, I just got a terrible image of Meg from Family Guy producing milk for your coffee. Just imagine it's her voice actress making you milk for your coffee. Slightly better. It's time for an almighty anime mailbag. Anime. 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 Mailbag. If you want to submit a mailbag, you can do so from the tab on the newly revitalized www.aaapodcast.com. We're lightning fast now. We are. I was checking out the the website um, earlier today, actually. Yeah, Chiaki fixed it all up, so now we're uh, faster and better than ever. Like the $6 million man. Indeed. This comes from Joe McMillan, and he writes, Hey guys, Validicious from the forums here. So I'm stretching my gauges here, and that got me wondering about body modification in Japan. Does it even exist? How does the majority of the population feel about people with tattoos, piercings, etc.? Thanks, and keep up the great work. Um, Japan, in, in general, is, is pretty uh, conservative. Yeah, pretty late on that kind of stuff. Um, but it, there is a culture of it, absolutely. Uh, if you go to Tokyo, you can see all sorts of... Uh, walks of life so to speak it's definitely more conservative than than it would be in maybe america mm. uh, people still get a little freaked out about tattoos some people i mean they'll still yeah. tell everybody's you everybody's heard about the onsen yeah. thing they'll still tell you you can't go to a bathhouse with a tattoo right. although roko did he covered it up though yeah but um i haven't seen too many elaborate crazy piercings here i i did go to an opub once and, the, and one of the opub girls had like 18 piercings in her ear so, and I thought that was a little bit out there for Japan, but um, I haven't seen anybody with, like, you don't see any nose rings or, like, lip rings or, like, chin chin studs or eyebrow piercings. It's, just, it's pretty, it's, you, you might see it, but it's pretty rare. I ride the train every day with a girl uh, who is obsessed with Minnie Mouse, and she wears pink, solid pink clothes every single uh. day with Minnie Mouse paraphernalia so to speak hanging from her backpack and she has something like 10 or 12 piercings in her ears and she might have an eyebrow piercing too maybe cram when i see girls like that that just have mini mouse obsessions all, all i think of is that these people are just like emotionally like mentally stunted well i mean they're otaku but yeah i mean but like for specific things so 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 my neighbor and her friend her cousin took me to Disney Sea, and her cousin's like nineteen, and I swear she acts like she's twelve with all with all the Minnie Mouse and Disney obsession. This is, people just I don't know. I'm not used to seeing nineteen year olds like that, so well, I would I, I think I'd want to slap that girl every morning probably. Well, how do you think Japanese people think when they they go to the United States and see American otaku at conventions and all that kind of stuff? Uh, they probably thirty-year-old guys running through convention halls playing Marco Polo and glomping people. Well, I think that's disturbing too. Yeah, so, <laughs> too, so. there you go. There's a parallel for you. But that that girl wears a pink outfit every day. Pink outfit every single day. Wow, solid pink. That's a little odd. Anyway, so the second mailbag question comes from Full Metal Sausage. Hey guys, big fan of the podcast. Keep up the good work. My question is: Have you guys ever heard of the artist Shintaro Ohata? No, he's, he's I haven't. In- He's an incredible artist who combines his sculptures with canvas paintings for the background, giving his art a 3D feel. 
I have to admit, I did not look this up. It, I didn't look it up either because I just looked at these notes like two minutes before we started recording. Well, I looked at them yesterday and had and had had ample time to look it up, but chose not to. So I'm guilty. So the actual question is: I was wondering if this type of art could translate into anime. Are there any anime that incorporate different forms of art in them? For example, photography, sculpting, watercolor painting that are worth watching. Thank you for taking your time and answering my questions. Um, so the question is basically, are there anime that use mixed media? Mixed media, I think so, yeah. My go-to answer for this, uh, probably until another show does it better, is probably going to be Madoka. Because all of the labyrinth stuff, when they go into the, the labyrinth worlds to fight the, the witches... Um, all of that stuff, even if it's not actually mixed media, it appears to be kind of a, a mixture of like textures and collages and, and things like that. Things that are definitely off the beaten path of, of what you would see in a, in normal anime and, you know, basically the real quote unquote real world within the show. Um, and it, it's really cool. So yeah, the, my answer for that is Madoka. Gonkutsuo has not, maybe not really mixed media, but it has textured art. Like the art looks like it's, looks like fabric. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that kind of I know that style irritates the crap out of you, but um, yeah, kind of. It, it can look really ugly. But Gunkutsuo is generally considered to be a pretty good anime, and it's certainly unique in the way that it looks. It's definitely it definitely has an artistic stylization to it. Also, I would say that the anime Mononoke, not Princess Mon, not Princess right. Mononoke, but just Mononoke, has some artistic flair to it, and also the. Um, the subsequent Kuchu Buranko, which is made by the same director, has some artistic type flair to it. Yeah. Would you I, say Akunohana? Um, it's sort it's, of like it's, this. Uh, I, I don't. I wouldn't call it mixed. Well, I don't I know, know. It's rotoscoping. But it's rotoscoping. So I guess in uh, conceptually, it's kind of mixed media uh, because it's live action plus animation, but very you know very much in the way that it is animated over live action frames as opposed to kind of um what's it who framed roger rabbit where it's animated characters in a real world or vice versa um i think technically uh for for me at least i think that the cg cg elements in a traditionally animated show uh, count as mixed media but that's something i'm not uh, historically been i haven't been a fan of but, uh, yeah, because I'm kind of an old man in that way. I mean, if you're asking if there are anime that have, like, scor- like sculptures just slapped into them that people are, maybe characters are navigating their way around, like, real thi- real, real images or something like that, that I can't even, I can't even really picture that. I, I, I don't think that that's, that doesn't really happen often, if at all. Um, I mean, as far as sculptures and things like that go, you're kind of getting in the realm of art installations and things, and I'm sure that there are, uh, uh, artists in Tokyo and around Japan that use sculpture in various uh, artistic mediums to uh, mixed with kind of an anime style. Actually, there is there is an artist that I'm pretty sure does that kind of stuff. I think his name is Takuya Murakami. I think, uh, and I haven't heard of him. Some of his stuff is really good. I think he he made a film last year, but I did not see it because the trailer was not not very good. <laughs> there was a short anime that came out like a year ago or a year or two ago, and I can't remember the name of it, but it was about. Odd Jobs in Japan. It was like a three, one of those three-minute animes. It wasn't very good. We reviewed it, but it definitely had it had animated characters talking in front of real, like, photo, real videotaped footage of people making oh, pottery and stuff. It was really bad. I didn't like it at all. But I can't remember what it's what it's called. I'm really sorry, but it's it came out about two years ago and it had shorter episodes. Maybe you can find it. If I think of the if I think of the name of it, I'll. I'll Some of those three-minute shows say. do tend to get uh, a little bit. 
um, experimental, so to speak. But uh, actually, I watched one recently, Trigger's uh, Inferno Cop, and I think they do use photographic backgrounds with their little kind of cardboard cutout characters that bounce around and talk and stuff. I really enjoyed that show, actually. So now, now that the mailbag is over, every time I go to stores and things like that, I'm always looking for anime-related food items or fun toys that I can sort of present on the podcast. And this week, I found a couple of different items, and uh, they're both Pokemon-related because Pokemon's like the biggest thing here. And um, I found, first of all, I present to you, Cram, a cute little toy of... Uh, this is called Yonchom in I Japanese. Think in English, it's Punchum? Punchum, maybe? It's, maybe. It's the, it's the little... Little panda Pokemon from Thank Pokemon you. XY. You so gave me a gift. It's like a little. It's like a little maybe two inch tall figurine that you know that that you buy at like Seven Eleven. I'm opening it. Go ahead. Oh, it's cute. It's a little finger puppet. It's got a hole in it. Oh, it's butt. a finger puppet. Okay, cool. And I also found these little food items at the grocery store, and they're like they're sort of like little little buns that are really fluffy and light. And I got two of them. I got I got Foco, which is uh, I can't I don't know the English name, but it's Fennekin. Fennekin. It's the it's it's the starter fire type Pokemon from uh, X Y, yeah. and it's a strawberry flavored little pastry. And then I also got a Pikachu one that is banana flavored. So I opened it up, and there's actually a fun little sticker that comes with it. And this is of the the fully evolved grass type Pokemon that you start with. It's. I think its name is Chestnut. Chestnut. I think in Japanese it's Booty Booty Godon. So mm, this banana one's really good. Is it good? Mm-hmm. So I tried the I tried the starboard one earlier. And it, was, it was very fluffy. I, I thought it had filling, but it actually didn't end up having any filling. So it's very soft. Yeah. So what would you say Excellent. is that pretty good? Yeah. Thank you for the treats and the and the finger puppet. So when you come to Japan, you can find all kinds of this random stuff, and like these pastries were like fifty cents a piece. Mm. So kid food. It isn't like you're paying, you know, premium prices for this stuff. Anyway, so we have a, uh, a pretty good, insightful episode today. We're going to be talking about the consumption of anime by the younger audience in Japan. So, Cram and I both work at, at, at elementary schools and are constantly hearing and seeing different anime stories and seeing different pieces of merchandise at kids' desks and uh, trends coming and going and whatnot. Yeah, so we're going to talk about the uh, the consumption of anime by elementary school students. And then we're going to take another news break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to review an anime that maybe is more suited for a hentai episode, <laughs> because it's borderline hentai, I think, called The Sensualist. So that's interesting also, so we'll be back in a few minutes after this message. This is Shiaki, and this is your Anime News Break. First up, North American publisher Yen Press and Japanese publisher Square Enix have recently announced that they are collaborating to release manga in an English language ebook form in over 200 countries. The 175 titles will be available via Amazon, Apple, Barnes and Noble, Google, and Kobo at the same time as their print releases. Now, this is something that's pretty exciting for me because I've always thought that it was a shame that there weren't more manga titles available on the Kindle store. The first titles to be released are Soul Eater, Black Butler, and Doubt. 
More titles will be available in April, which include Full Metal Alchemist, Pandora Hearts, Higurashi When They Cry, and Until Death Do Us Part. Another news, for those of you who enjoyed the anime Ano Natsude Materu, or Waiting in the Summer, it's recently been announced that there will be an original video anime bundled with the earlier television series Blu-ray Disc Box. The Blu-ray Disc Box will ship this summer, <laughs> it will be waiting in the summer, with the 12 television episodes and the new OVA, a previously unreleased CVD, and other deluxe bonus extras. So if you enjoyed the series, there's a Blu-ray box set coming out that probably has your name all over it. Another news that isn't explicitly anime, but related to Japanese culture, there is a new grudge horror film, Hollywood Reboot, in the works. The new film will be a remake of the 2004 American film with actress Sarah Michelle Gellar. The 2004 film itself was of course inspired by the 2002 film Ju-On the Grudge. So it's a reboot of a reboot of a Japanese film. But at least Hollywood is still keeping their fingers in Japanese media and maybe we can have hopes for some of those anime adaptations that have been in pre-production hell for way too long. In other news, here in Japan, the Tokyo 2020 Summer Olympics has been on everyone's mind, and the Japanese government is wasting no time preparing for this special event. They've recently announced the person who will, who will help produce the 2020 Olympics opening ceremony. That man is Yasushi Akimoto. He's a nationally recognized figure in the Japan's music industry as both an accomplished songwriter and producer behind the girl group AKB48, as well as Onyanko Club. I guess it pays to be behind the biggest girls group in Japan as he's even reported to be friends with the Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. The Tokyo Olympics Committee has acknowledged his prowess and named him a member. He quoted, I'd like to help make the Olympics and Paralympics one everyone will have great memories of. This was Chiaki, and this was your Anime News Break. Don't go anywhere, because we'll be back to the show soon. Oh my god, guys. Hulu Plus is probably the best thing I ever bought from my phone. It is so cool! Wow, really? I don't even know what it is. Could you tell me about it? How do you it? not know what it is, Karen? We've talked about it on the show forever. Well, I have a very nice rock that I live under, but, you know, I, I only hear about things from time to time. Let me show you some sunlight here. This thing, this Hulu Plus, lets you watch pretty much any anime that you want that they've got on your phone or tablet or wherever you happen to be. What? Haven't you ever wanted to sit next to an old man on the train and just cram random anime in his face? Do what to, to random anime? Cram it. Oh! oh. Buy Hulu Plus. You've probably tried Hulu.com. Hulu Plus is so much more. With Hulu Plus, you can watch your favorite shows anytime, anywhere. Hulu Plus lets you watch thousands of hit TV shows and movies in the living room or on the go with your smartphone or tablet. With Hulu Plus, you can watch your favorite TV shows like Attack on Titan, Naruto Shippuden, One Piece, Black Lagoon, and more. Watch every episode of shows like Bleach, Dragon Ball Z, Sword Art Online, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, and more. You can also check out exclusive content including Hulu originals like The Wrong Mans and Behind the Mask, Hulu's new docuseries that takes you inside the world of sports mascots. 
You'll also get access to a collection of ad-free movies and kids' content. For only $7.99 a month, catch up on current shows, binge on old favorites, or catch a great movie. Stream as many TV shows and movies as you want, wherever you want. Right now, you can try Hulu Plus for free for two weeks when you go to HuluPlus.com slash anime. That's a special offer for our listeners. Make sure you use HuluPlus.com forward slash anime so you get the extended free trial and they know that we sent you. Go to HuluPlus.com forward slash anime right now for your extended two-week free trial. And we are back with the 221st episode of the Animatics Anonymous podcast. What a lovely news break. That was great. Thanks, thanks, Chiaki, who's not here. So, yes, yes, Chiaki is not here. He's at the Sausage Fest today. So, we have a, uh, a discussion on elementary school anime consumption. We do. And um, in order to, to prepare for this, we both did some, some things, including talking to many of our students. And I think you actually did a somewhat of a survey. I did. I did a survey. But I think we should save the survey until toward the end of the topic and just kind of see, like, just talk about what we see day to day as far as character goods and what kids are talking about and the things that they're obviously interested in. Okay, so would you like to kick it off? Uh, yeah, sure. So um, I'll, I'll start with a question. In All your right. in your experience, um, I guess so. You see the kids' pencil boxes. You see the kids' shitajikis or the little pencil boards. T-shirts, erasers, t-shirts, erasers, pencils, all that kind of stuff, yeah. like school supplies that have characters all over them. What, right. what would you see? What would you say is the most highly represented anime, or not even anime, just character goods in general that that you've seen? One Piece. One Piece is number one. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, in in my school, I would have to say it's probably Pokemon or Super Mario. Actually, there, there's a lot of Super Mario also. I mean, are, are we talking about first grade through sixth grade or just... First through sixth, yeah. I mean, I would say the top three are probably Pokemon, One Piece, Super Mario, and then probably Disney. Yeah, there's a lot of Disney stuff. A lot of Stitch. Stitch and Minnie Mouse Stitch, and bullshit. Yeah. I, I, bullshit. I couldn't give less of a crap about Disney, period. There's a lot of stuff that is not uh, explicitly based on anime either. A lot of the kind of company characters like... Didakuma, um, but tons of Didakuma, Didakuma type stuff, and then Jewel Pet, which I think actually has an anime series now. Do you know I, Jewel Pet? I know it, but I don't. They're the little pink and purple animals with the doe eyes and the jewels in their foreheads. They're kind of like, kind of like trolls for Aren't those like My Little Pony. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I guess they're kind bit. of like trolls meets My Little Pony. I also see a fair bit of Hello Kitty. And once in a while, you'll see like Common Rider or Ultraman. Yeah, yeah, the Sentai, the shows, Sentai are, shows are are pretty popular. So, but, but I would say far and away, um, Pokemon's way, way, way up there, and uh, Super Mario for some reason. But you know what? What's interesting about Super Mario and Pokemon is, you know, as everyone knows, they're they were first based on well, Mario has like an anime that came out in like 92 or something like that. It was fun for a while. Right. Um, I, but remember, I remember the Steamboat, the Steamboat Willie episode where they were out oh, on the yeah. they're playing Proud Mary. Yeah. That's a good episode. Um, but they're both based on video games initially. Like, yeah. 
originally they were based on on video games. Although I think the the Pokemon franchise probably released their video games uh, and the first anime series pretty close together. Well, they certainly like do that now. It's like a cross-marketing kind of thing. It's pretty much like a simultaneous Oh, now. yeah, absolutely. Like, they've got they've got this very meticulous schedule that they seem to follow where, that, that, that goes with the new, um, the new anime season for TV, the new films of which I think, like, at least one comes out per year. And then the games, like the new the new games in the series. But there are other friend, there are other properties that are encroaching upon Pokemon's territory mm. over here in Japan. So the first, That's what you, th- you think so? You think so? You think so? I, I do. I you, do. Think you so. think so? I, I don't know that anything's come even close. The first of which is Puzzle Dragons. I know you're a big fan of that. I don't. It's it's not me because when I'm because when I'm doing I like and I've taught I like like something like 140 times, I'll say. I like Pokemon, and I'll gesture to raise their mm-hmm. hands, and I'll count, and then I'll say I like Pazudora, and I'll count, and it's 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 nearly the same every time. Yeah, I don't so know. I know that there's a lot of little kids that love Puzzle Dragons. I think I think Puzzles and Dragons is a is is a phase. It could be. I think yeah. it could be a phase, but you know that's what people said about Pokemon. To be fair, yeah, I remember when it first came out, people were like, "Oh, it's just this new dumb thing that's never going to die, or that that will die very I mean, soon." To be honest, I mean, to be fair, no, it's clear it won't. Puzzle Dragon just had the new 3DS game. That's true. So. Uh, Puzzles and Dragons Z, Zeddo, Zeddo. Um, and also, we we'll, we'll talk about this more later. But also, there is a new anime called Yokai Watch that is yes. a Pokemon ripoff. Just started in January. Was totally off our radar yeah. here on the podcast. Yeah, totally off the radar. We uh, we because didn't talk about it because it's a kids show. It's a, it's a it's a it's one of those shows in Japan that people never talk about on podcasts like this. You know, it's 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 in there with the Anpanmon, mm-hmm. Doraemon crowd, Inazuma Eleven, Inazuma like that kind 11. of stuff. Yeah. Like even though it's a sports show, it's I mean anime podcasts and and critics and stuff don't talk about Inazuma Eleven. <laughs> So we also so we already talked about the top tier that I have here written down of frequently seen merchandise, mm-hmm. but I have the second tier at least for me was Dragon Ball Z, which there still is a fair yep. amount of it. Yep, I see that stuff too. But I'm not sure if it's because the kids actually like Dragon Ball or if it's because the parents are just giving their hand-me-down goods from other children and stuff I, like that. I've seen some of those little toothbrushes and cups and stuff, and they look pretty old, pretty and worn crappy. Out. Yeah, yeah, pretty worn out. So my impression of elementary school in Japan is that. All of it is pretty low budget. The yeah. schools are low budget. The, the the school supplies are low budget. The classrooms have almost no technology in them at all, and so that could be the case. Also, Kuroko no Basuke has a little bit. And towards the second half of this last teaching year, there was gradually more and more Attack on Titan stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep, so, uh, especially with older kids. Yeah, Attack on Titan folders and pencils and like keychain crap that you'll see on their pencil cases mm-hmm. that stuff became you know, a little more prevalent y- you would be surprised though because the older kids I wasn't I, w- I wasn't so surprised that they were watching attack on Titan but some of the younger kids that I heard talking about the show I would you know approach them about them and confront them and say you know um, aren't you a little young to watch this is it, is it a little violent or scary for you and they're like no 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 my dad watches it I just happen to be in the room with him <laughs> Well, I had lunch with a second grade class once, and the entire class was talking about Attack on Titan. Yeah. And I'm like, you kids are eight years old. It's a little bit... You're a little young to be watching people getting eaten, you know? And uh, But Japan has a looser rating system on stuff. I mean, even mm-hmm. movies that would be strictly 18-plus in America are 15-plus here. Well, actually, they're very similar to, to the United States in that violence is not... Uh, quite as regulated as sexuality is and nudity is. 
Okay, yeah. Um, so, so it's it's actually very much like the United States in that way. But there were movies that were that in that, for example, I think Ted is a good example because that was popular yeah. here. Ted is, is was an R rated movie in America, but I'm pretty sure it was given a 15 plus rating in Japan. It was, yeah, it so, was, it was 15 plus. But I think the the one above 15 plus is for like really really explicitly adult types of not not porno. I don't mean like porn, but well, we have like NC 17 in the states, right? Western, so. I think their 15 plus is their equivalent of an R. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. And so my point is, is that in Japan, I think people are a little bit less caring about the types of violent material that that mm. is consumed on television. That's my opinion of it. Well, they they kind of mitigated some of the really intense stuff in Ted by uh, uh, incorporating jokes and things like pop culture jokes and stuff that aren't quite as dirty as the stuff that was in the uh, the American version. A lot of the sex and drug references are, are are weakened quite a bit. It's it's a little vanilla, actually. It's a little vanilla. Well, if that, that's because we live in the country where there's virtually, outside of amphetamines, almost no drug consumption, and people don't even know what marijuana Or they're just really good like. at hiding it. Yeah, or, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, you, right in front of your house, Graham, you could grow a wicked huge marijuana plant. Oh, no one would know. Nobody would no have No one would care. Yeah. Because I know this because people... On a daily basis, I see marijuana leaf air freshener hang- hanging from people's rearview mirrors of their cars. Hanging from rearview mirrors? How about on five-year-old's clothing? Five-year-old Children's clothing, yeah. They just have no idea what it is. This is. Some guy that makes this stuff is laughing his has ass a, off. Has a huge pot leaf on it, and it says, like, Rasta Drug Boy or something, you know? Yeah, but they don't <laughs> have any idea. Anyway, so I don't have much else to say about merchandise. It's basically the types of goods that kids use to do their schoolwork. Mm-hmm. Rulers and pencils and erasers and All stuff. That kind of stuff. They're not allowed to bring their DSs and games and stuff to school, but um, I'm lucky enough that my walking path from the school back to my train station goes past uh, a public park where basically all of the kids in my school hang out at after school. And you, you bet your ass, when school's over, they're all out of the park playing with their 3DSs. Of course they are, yeah. <laughs> Not even playing on the equipment. I mean, some of them are, but, like, there are these pockets of, like, boys and girls standing around with their 3DSs playing. I mean, what what do you think they're playing? Uh, Puzzle Dragon Zed? Actually, no. No? Pokemon. Pokemon. Okay, Pokemon. well, that's what you think. Yeah. So, uh... That's what I think. That's what they're doing. <laughs> so, uh... Yeah, I mean, I know, th- I know this to be true also because I had a class where I said... I was teaching I study, and basically I was teaching I study, and I didn't care what they were studying. Mm. So after teaching them the, the basic class names like you know science and English and crap like that, I gave them a piece of paper and let them make their own crazy schedule where right. they would say I like, and I was just like anything you want. And I went through all these ridiculous things like <laughs> pizza, you know Mario, whatever the hell. And pretty much every single kid wrote I I like game. I like a game. I like game. Or I study game. I, I like study game. game. For yeah. all six I periods, study I study game, 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 Teddy B game, anime. That's, <laughs> that's what it is. So it's never like I study, you know. English. I study English. God forbid I, they study English I study, in an English class. I study basketball. It was I study game, 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 yeah, yeah. game, game. So, so it's obvious that kids spend more time buried in their 3DSs than they yeah. do um, in TV anime. I think, I mean... As it probably should be for kids of that age, because I I don't think I became a real fan of anything until I was about 10 years old in fifth grade, and then I became the biggest Star Wars nerd ever. Well, that's the same with me, but I think that a lot of that stuff didn't really... Star Wars Wars existed prior to that, but for me, it was PlayStation. 
Yeah. And that didn't even really come out and become big till I was about that age. So see, like I, I, I just feel like fandom, like as a fan where I identi- I identified myself as a fan or an enthusiast of something specifically didn't really come around until I was almost finished with elementary school and everything before that to me just feels like, you know, casual entertainment. Like I played a lot of video games, but as a child, I think I was just trying to entertain myself. We're getting uh, this is getting off topic, yeah, yeah, off, off topic. We're but getting it's, into uh, the psychology of fandom now. It's really sad, but you can tell the kids in the school sometimes that don't have any games and stuff at home because they're the kids that always seem to be sort of outcasted. They don't have anything to talk about. With so, their friends. so their friends all have all have, all have something in common. They're all playing Pokemon or whatever. But the kids that don't have, don't even, aren't even allowed to watch TV or have games or anything like that. You, they just don't seem like they're as integrated into the society of the schools. I think that's kind of sad. Anyway, so let's move on. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and jump into my survey. I surveyed exactly 100 kids from first grade through sixth grade, and I would say that the mix is about even. It's, it might be a a little heavy on grades one through three. That is very admirable of you, and your reward is a Pokemon sticker. Oh, thank Here you. There you go. Thank you. I, th- I think this was mine already, but thanks anyway. I want you to know that I want you all, all of you listeners to know that I took the, the, the chestnut sticker I got from my pastry, peeled it off, and stuck it on our mixer. <laughs> it looks pretty good, actually. The little space you put it in is. Uh, yeah, it fit just, fit just nice, right. Nice and tight. Uh, so I'm going to jump right. into this. I. Um, like I said, I inter- I interviewed or surveyed exactly 100 students from first through sixth grade. Might be a little, just a tiny bit heavy on grades one through three. It's just a touch? Just a touch, but I tried to be good about making it as even as possible through all the grades. So um, I asked them, I, I initially asked them three questions. I asked them what was their favorite show of all time. All right, so let's go with that. Okay, so starting with favorite show of all time, uh, I'll start from the bottom. How about that? All right. I feel like I need to have some countdown music or something for this, but I have, I have nothing. There were 18, across 100 students, there were 18 unique answers. Really? Yes. That's a lot. Yeah, it's a, it is quite a bit. Actually, that's not, actually, that's an, out of how many students? 100. And there were only 18 total answers? 18. That's not very many. Yeah. That means that like... They're all watching the same stuff. A gigantic percentage of kids are watching the top three. All right, and let, let me count these because the the bottom the t- the bottom is tied. With a whole bunch, actually. Okay, so the One, bottom two, are... 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. 11 shows tied with three votes. Okay, let's have it. Namekoke no Ichizoku. What the hell is that? That's Nameko. That's the Nameko? Name, that's the Nameko anime that just came out. What? Pretty recently. For those of you that don't know, Nameko is like is, is a character goods item that, that is a... It's it's a it's a mushroom. Was not... Ba- yes, it's... Uh, it's we talked a little bit uh, last week or a couple of weeks ago about uh, Kimo Kawaii. The Kimo Kawaii. So yeah. cute. So, uh, so disturbing it's cute or so cute it looks it's like a, It looks like an ugly penis. It does. It looks like a little brown penis. <laughs> it does. But, but, but there are, but there's like 150 different, different, four, different versions of Nameko. The so best of like, which is King. King Nameko. King Nameko. He, like, he has a little white mustache and a crown. Is it Osama Nameko? That's right. Osama Nameko. So, um, yeah. Or Nameko Osama. I, I don't know which Whatever. One, maybe. They, the kids know every single name. It wasn't originally based on an anime, though. It was originally just a character goods. Yeah, like the Dokumon. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but now there's an anime. So but There was also a game really early on. So that one had three votes. The next one is Chibi Marikochan. Okay. Chibi Marikochan is an old show about a little girl and her family, if people don't know. Um, Major. Baseball anime. Yeah. I've talked about that a bunch. Yep. Next, Cross Game. That is shocking. Cross Game got three votes. Sh- Cross Game is amazing. 
for those of you that haven't watched the, the baseball anime cross it game, it might be the best sports anime I've ever seen outside of Hajime no Ippo. Next is Naruto. Not surprised. Not surprised. Uh, are, are you surprised that it's that low? Like it's, nope. Nar- are you surprised that it tied with cross game no. and major? <laughs> Naruto is declining hardcore yeah, yeah, in this country. Uh, I agree. The next one you might that might it might surprise you. Sazai-san. Three people, three kids said their favorite show of all time is Sazai. That's because they don't watch anime. That's like the only, that's like the only thing they knew. They they're, knew. they're old souls. They're watching it with their dad or something. <laughs> uh, the next one was a show I don't know called Shima Shima Tora no Shima Jiro. I have no idea what this is. I looked it up when uh, it's when like Lion 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 Island Shima, Island, Shima, Island 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 something Island Island Tiger Tora, Tora no Shima Jiro. I don't know. I'm, I looked it up when the Tiger Island or some shit. When these kids gave me, and again, this we're still on just the three votes each. Uh, but I looked it up and I I didn't recognize it. Now I can't even remember. What oh, it was. whatever. Look it up. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Some, use Google. Shima Shima Shima, uh, Shima, Shima Tora no Shima Jiro. Uh, the next one with three votes is One Piece. Very that that one surprises me. I would have thought that would have thought that had been higher. Favorite of all time. Three one, piece, one Piece. Yeah. One it, Piece tied with Naruto and uh, Sazai-san and I, I, Shima Shima. I will whatever. tell you though that I will tell you that One Piece fans don't want to hear this. But if you go by manga sales, One Piece's popularity really declined a lot last year. I mean, it sold like 23 million copies in 2012 and only sold like 19 million in 2013. That's a big drop. Do you think it's because Titan got so big? It could be, but you, but you would think that, that fans of One Piece are going to buy all the One Piece manga no matter what else comes out. Yeah. So seeing the seeing the manga sales at the end of this year will be interesting to see if yeah. One Piece takes another precipitous drop like that. Uh, let's see. And the next one with three votes is High School Kimengumi. Never heard of it. I haven't either. Okay, next. Next is Dragon Ball, the franchise. Not surprised. That's three. still three votes. And then the last one with three votes is Attack on Titan. That's a little surprising because in my schools, I think that Attack on Titan was oftentimes the answer I would get. So uh, the next the next one uh, going up the list with five votes each, uh, there were two responses with five votes each, and one was just Disney properties in general. I got this includes Disney. like people saying Winnie the Pooh and Stitch and stuff like that. So five kids mentioned Disney properties, and in other because words, it's not Japanese anime, I just grouped it together. In other words, these kids don't watch anime; right. they just watch Disney. So, um, which which is anime to them? To them, yeah. To them. Okay, uh, fair enough. To be fair, fair enough. Um, and then the other one with five was case closed. Not surprised. So. Um, then Detective Conan for people that don't two shows tied at eight votes each and one of them is Crayon Shinchan. Crayon Shinchan's pretty Crayon popular Shinchan. and the other one is uh, Kuroko's Basketball that not surprising Kuroko no Basuke is gigantic yeah. in this country and it's, it's getting bigger getting bigger every year that's one of the shows that if you look at the manga sales from, from 12 to 13 that and Attack on Titan were the two shows that really jumped a lot Okay, so now we're we're down to the top three favorite shows of all time, uh, as per this one hundred group of kids. Okay, in third place with ten votes is Pokemon. I need a drum roll or something. Pokemon yeah. in third place. In third place, second place with thirteen votes is Doraemon. Doraemon. That's right. Not surprised. Little kids, especially, I'm guessing. And according to the one hundred kids at school that I surveyed, the number one most favorite of all time anime. Is with 18 votes, Yokai Watch. Yokai Watch. Every single second, every single second grader that you asked, probably. I think it's just fresh on their minds. 
Maybe, it could be. It just came out. Well, they are little kids, and they're very impressionable in moment to moment. Yokai Watch is. I'm, I've heard it called a Pokemon ripoff. It kind of looks like the same level of, of animation, the same the same age group, and it's about yokai or ghosts, I guess. Monsters, Japanese ghosts, monsters, monsters and ghosts, so. something, yeah. Check it out. I mean, you can find it online. In fact, it's it's pretty much it's fan subbed. So. All right. So the the next category that I did was uh, what do you most frequently watch? Oh, wait a second. So I want to go through. Oh my yeah, first go here. go ahead. So um. Well, actually, what I have what I have here is most frequently watched. So, okay, go ahead. for me, just we'll go through yours also. But my but my starting at sixth graders, I think there's a lot of diversity in the upper in the upper grades. People start watching more of the types of things that we talk about on this podcast. So when I ask this question, I get all kinds of answers. I've heard Space Brothers. I've heard Natsume Yujincho. I've heard Magi. I've heard Kuroko no Basuke. I've heard Slam Dunk. All kinds of different things that just. Just you name it, and, and I've heard it. So sixth graders are more, you know, more in, in, more inundated with it. Third graders and older, third and third, fourth and fifth grade, a lot of sports and a lot of shonen. So you get a lot of hunt, you get a lot of Hunter Hunter, Attack on Titan, DBZ, Kuroko no Basuke, and then you get some like Anpanman, Doraemon. But I have a feeling that those are the kids that don't watch a lot of anime, and that's just like the stock answer that you give, you know? Yeah. And then we already discussed this, but for little kids, it's. Pretty much always Pokemon, Doraemon, or Yokai Watch. So, that's what I have written here. How about you? So, most frequently watched anime. Actually, um, the bottom nine all were tied with three. And I think you've got a lot of crossover because the kids that I was uh, interviewing and asking the questions uh, were usually standing in groups with their friends. So, whatever their friends said probably influenced them a little bit to say (laughs) probably the same thing. So... Um, in fact, I don't think I interviewed any kid that was just by himself. They were always with a group of friends. So that's why, I mean, we don't have any shows that have just one. I don't have any shows that have just one or two votes. Okay. So, uh, the bottom nine shows are all tied with three votes. Uh, the bottom of which is Chibi Marikuchan, which we mentioned before. And then the next one is a show that I don't know. It's called Kukuru Hikari no Michi. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Kukuru Hikari no Michi. I don't, I don't know what that is. Well, whatever. Uh, the next one with three votes is Gintama, which... Oh, uh, Gintama's really yeah, popular. Gintama, yeah. Uh, the next one is Jewel Pet. Jewel Pet? Which started as... I mentioned it before. It's I know, a, but what the hell? Yeah, it, it also started as a character goods show and be, or character goods uh, property and then became an anime later. Uh, the next one... Oh, <laughs> this is going to make you laugh. It's no, not, it It's not actually anime. Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry. Got Are you three kidding votes. me? I'm not kidding. Tom and Jerry got three votes. <laughs> well, they're obviously watching that on like in like the morning or something. Yeah, something like that. Uh, the next one is Naruto. No big surprise. Uh, the next one is Ace of Diamond, baseball show. Pretty new. Uh, a couple seasons yeah. ago. I didn't watch that one. I feel bad because I almost always watch every single Kimiko. Kimiko had that. Yeah. yeah, Kimiko had that one. Uh, the next one with three votes is Sazai-san from I think the same three kids Shocker. that said it was their favorite okay. show. <laughs> well, it is on like every single week. That's true. That's true. Uh, and then the next, the last one with just three votes is that Shima Shima Tora no Shimajiro show. What the hell? I'm gonna look what that up is. while you keep yeah, doing this. Gotta look that up. All right, and then the next four shows tied with four votes each, uh, and that's One Piece, which we mentioned before in the favorite shows. Uh, again, High School Kimengumi, which we mentioned before. I don't, I still don't know what that is. Uh, Sergeant Frog. Sergeant Frog. Okay, so, well, we, we know what that is. Sergeant Frog got, got four votes. Shima Shima Toro no Shima Jiro is, an, is a Japanese anime show aimed at preschoolers. 
Wow. wow. <laughs> uh, this series I'm... debuted in 1990 and 1993. Um, yeah, so it's not that new either. Who are these kids? Aimed at preschoolers. So basically, because I teach in elementary school, no one who gave an answer has any right giving this answer. Uh, Shima Jiro is a tiger, a boy tiger. Is he's the main character? He likes to eat donuts. In the USA episode, he's a very he's very adventurous with his gang. So there's oh, it's it's, it's in the United States also. I'm watching a little bit below their demographic. Then there's Mimi Dean, a rabbit girl. She's one of the main group of friends. Her family owns a flower shop. And in the English in the English episodes, she is a scientist and owns a laboratory. This comes on in the states. What's it called in America? I don't know. It's got to have an American name, right? If it's the USA. Oh, it's called I Love to Explore, Shimajiro. I Love to Explore. What Does it say what network it comes on? Um, it TV. Check on the no, it right. Says, it says TV Tokyo here, but uh, that's obviously for Japan. It doesn't say. Huh, interesting. I wonder if that's like a Nick Jr. show or but, something. But it was featured on the E, the soup segment. On really? Soup. Yeah. Weird. So, Wonder what Joel McHale had to say about that. Whatever, it's obviously not very, very big because we would have heard about it being right. Americans. So, uh, the last one with the four votes is case closed. Uh, All right, and then one show got five votes for most frequently watched, and that's Doraemon. Doraemon. Two shows tied for uh, for third place for most frequently watched. Two shows were Kudoko's Basketball and Crayon Shinchan. Okay, that's pretty similar. And then, oh, actually, that's not third place. That would be second place. Because uh, two shows tied with 18 votes for first place, and that's Pokemon and Yokai Watch. It's the same thing. Yeah, basically. Okay, so, so that's it. Pokemon, Yokai Watch, Kuroko's Basketball, Crayon Shinchan, Doraemon. Those are basically to your top five anime as far as elementary school kids are concerned. You know what's funny is that, this is that the people that listen to this podcast probably aren't watching any of those. Oh, probably. They're not. listening to this going. I don't watch that. I don't watch that. I don't watch that. Oh, I watch One Piece. Oh, I don't watch that. Mm-hmm. What's that? <laughs> what, like, I imagine that, that, that out of the 18 shows you just listed, people that listen to our podcast probably watch maybe four of them. If you if you find yourself saying that you don't watch most of these shows, you should probably pat yourself on the back because these are shows that elementary school kids watch and people who listen to our podcast are probably not in elementary school. So I think that if, if you, you if you are in elementary school and you listen to our podcast, please send us a mailbag. I would like to yeah, hear like some to hear comments that. from you. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that if you would ask exclusively sixth graders, you know, transitioning more into the young adults, I think that you would have a more a broader spread mm. of uh, of of answers. The, the the younger kids are just they're always hanging out with their friends, and because of that, it's they're all doing the same stuff. So it's, they're all going to be watching Pokemon and Yokai watch and little kid crap. But what, as they get older, I would have, I, I didn't, I didn't do a survey now that the school year's over. I can't do it. But if I had surveyed sixth graders, they probably would have either said, I don't watch anime or they would have given some random answer that I would never have been able to have predicted. Right. So, I mean, I was incredibly shocked when, when people give answers like Natsume Yujinjo, because to me, that's actual anime. Right. You know, of course, but the then Jap- you see that cat everywhere. That cat's all Yeah, over it's everywhere. Place. But of course, in Japan, Japanese people think Doraemon is real anime. So that's... Oh, it is. It totally yeah. is. Oh, yeah, but... it is for sure, but... So I yeah, also... The, the stuff that surprised me was the, the shows that I had never heard of, like that Shima Shima, yeah. whatever, and... Well, it's it's meant for, like... High it's... school Kimengumi and stuff, whatever that is. So the next section I have here is viewing patterns. Okay. So my impression is that the kids play a lot more video games than they watch anime. Yeah, I think that's true. And I mean, whenever I'm at lunch and I say, you know, what is your favorite, what is your favorite game, or do you play games? There's always 
the kids always have an answer of some mm-hmm. kind. It's always, but it's always Monster Hunter or Pokemon or um, Puzzle Puzzle Dragons. Recent, recently Puzzle Well, especially since it just came out on 3DS or Mario. Yeah, Mario's big. But if obviously. I but if I say what's your favorite anime, they either say Doraemon or a lot of the times they'll say nothing. They don't watch anime or they don't know. Amari Minaite. Yeah, Amari Minaite. So that's. That, that's a typical answer, and it also seems like anime takes a backseat to studying. Mm-hmm. So I'll be like, what are your plans later today? And they'll say, studying. Because that's just how Japanese kids are. They, and they the older study they get, so much the more. The older they get, the worse it gets, too. So by the time you're in junior high or high school, you, you just you don't watch things on TV. You don't have any life. Yeah. I mean, I have a, I have a Japanese private student who comes, to, who comes to learn English, and I'll be like, what did you do this weekend? Study. It makes for the worst conversations ever for like in for like conversational practice. Yeah. And I'm like, well, what are you gonna do later tonight? Study. And I and a while ago I had a student who said that she had she had summer break, but she said that in order to get into a good high school, I think it was she might have been going to college. In order to get into a good high school, she had to study at least ten hours a day. Is what she told me. And that's and she said that's what her teacher said. And I'm like, is that including school time? No, this is summer vacation. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, you are 16. Please go be a child and enjoy your enjoy the the best time of your life yeah, being being, get in, get in being a teenager. Do something outside and do not study 10 hours a day. But if they don't do that, they have no shot in getting a good job or getting into a good school. So it's rough. Well, at least by the time they get to college, they can enjoy themselves and not go to class and still graduate. As as college is the last step, you know, ostensibly in a, in a person's yeah education, and they just don't fail people here. If you can get into school, if you can get into a good college, you've got the degree. That's it. It also seems like kids are willing to stay up very very late to watch certain anime. I am shocked, but the number of kids that say that their bedtime is like midnight or one. My my students go to bed later than I do. Oh yeah, me too for sure. But I'm, again, I'm an old man, but well. <laughs> Well, I'm an old, I'm older than you. Just a year. Just a year. Okay. Yeah. Like, don't take my old man status away from me. So, <laughs> but it's and I ask them, you know, why? What are you doing? And they say, well, I'm watching Space Dandy. No one ever says Space Dandy, but just for example, Space Dandy. Sorry, sorry, Cram. <laughs> I, I'm so, I, I love Space Dandy. I know, but I don't I, care what you think. <laughs> I know you know that no one ever says Space Dandy when you That's ask true. them what they're watching. But I don't care what anyone thinks. It's like, what are you doing at the twelve thirty? Oh, watching Attack on Titan. Or I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, so you're willing to stay up that late to watch it? Because a lot of anime is on super late. That's true. The stuff that the stuff that, that kids go home after school and watch is Yokai Watch. That and, stuff is on you know, is on at like 5 o'clock. And for anybody that's interested in the all anime channels, there are at least two or three anime channels, one of which is Animax, one of which is Kids Station, and then they have a version of the Cartoon Network. But the kind of stuff they play on those channels is not very new. The newest thing I've seen on those channels is maybe... Beelzebub, maybe. How about Moggy? Isn't that on there? Moggy, yeah, I think I saw Moggy come up once before I got rid of cable. Are those um, channels really expensive? Not really. No? Um, okay, that's With good. my internet package, it was like 20 bucks more a month or something 20 like that. bucks more? Yeah. That's a lot. Is that a lot for yeah, cable? Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't think I think it, it is. But um, yeah, the kind of stuff that I usually see on there is like City Hunter and Lupin and, you know, older shows. 20 bucks more, man. That's four Crunchyroll accounts. I guess that is expensive. I mean, but we get a bunch of channels. It's not just for one channel, though. It's all of. Oh, it's okay. all cable, yeah. Okay, so it's not just for the anime channel. Right, right. 
I guess you can't buy it separately. It's Not packaged. Sure. Everything's a package Everything's deal. Everything's a package cable. deal, man. What a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> um, do you have any comments about viewing do patterns? You, viewing patterns? No. Not really. I mean, if I could astrally project into my students' homes and watch what they watch, that would be super creepy. Yes, it would. And I wouldn't and you, do that. You would get arrested. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, I, no comment. So, yeah, I mean, in general, anime is something that's definitely enjoyed by younger kids. I think as you get as the kids get older in Japan, they watch less and less anime, sure. and the kids that continue to watch it are sometimes the otaku kids and. Or the kids, or the or the people that just aren't as focused on studying because you don't have time to do anything else. Before, you know, after you're done with club and school and all that other bullshit, and uh, they're, the, they're the people that end up in tiny, tiny, tiny closet apartments in Tokyo with a an anime and DVD budget larger than their food budget. Yeah. So, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed sort of our observations from school, being yeah. in schools, and uh, thank you, Cram, for for doing your awesome survey. No problem. I uh, I enjoyed doing. Hadn't it. thought to do that, but it although was all my teachers useful. looked at me weird, they were like, "Why are you asking all these kids this question?" I'm like, um, "For research." <laughs> Is that what you said for research? Kenkyu no tame. Kenkyu no tame. Eto eto kenkyu no tame Anyway, okay, so enough with the uh, the Japanese that people can't understand. Yeah. So we're gonna take another news break, and. We're going to review some porno when we come back. It's not porn. It sort of is. It's art. artistic porn. It's erotic art. Or erotic art porn. So <laughs> so when we come back, we're going to do a review on the anime The Sensualist. It's a 1991 anime that most of you probably haven't seen. So stick around, and we're going to cover this very artistic and somewhat strange anime when we come back. you anime addicts this is chiaki and this is your anime news break first up for those of you who live in england british distributor manga entertainment has recently announced at mcm birmingham comic con that it will release the first 10 one piece films on dvd one piece strong world will also be released on blu-ray the eighth film, One Piece, The Desert Princess and the Pirate's Adventure in Alabasta, will be dubbed, but all other films will be subtitled only. So if you're a fan of One Piece and you're living in the UK, that's pretty good news. In other news, speaking of releases, the official website for Beyond the Boundary or Kyokai no Kanata, the winner of the Best Animation in the 2013 Anime Oscars, has recently announced that on the anime's 7th Blu-ray Disc DVD volume, the episode 0 will be included. It's titled Shinome, or Daybreak. The episode takes place two years prior to the anime series and begins when Hiromi receives a request for a job from his older sister Izumi to subdue the vulnerable half-yomu Akihito. In other news, the world's first ever verified authentic reversed blade sore has been put on display in the Museum of Local History in Shiroi, Chiba. It's dubbed the Sakabato after a familiar weapon featured in Rurouni Kenshin. 
Such a sword was thought to be just a work of fiction until this original Japanese artifact surfaced last October. The total length is 28.2 centimeters with a blade that's just 22.6 centimeters long, and it was discovered by the Kawakami family in their archive warehouse. The blade dates back to the late Edo period. In other news, there's a new scandal surrounding an old and classic manga. The manga is Barefoot Gen, originally by Keiji Nakazawa, and it tells the story of Gen, a young boy, and his survival of the Hiroshima bombing. Recently, it has been pulled from 13 elementary and middle schools in Osaka's Izumisano city. The reason for the ban has been stated that there are many expressions in the manga that impact human rights. Of course, there's a group who's fighting to have the manga put back. The board plans to distribute a list of unacceptable phrases used in the manga to students. These phrases include derogatory terms for beggars and the unemployed. The original run of the manga was in Weekly Shonen Jump from June 1973 to 1974. So it has a long history and this is not the first time it's been challenged in schools here in Japan. What do you think of manga censorship of this period piece? This was Chiaki and this was your Anime News Break. Don't go anywhere because we'll be back to the show soon. We're back with the 221st episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous Podcast. Wow. So That was great. Thank you. So we're gonna do our review on the sensualist. We are. Very strange anime. This was uh this was on my list of shame uh, that uh, it keeps getting brought up in like every single episode for some reason. I don't know because why. Because I keep bringing it up. Oh, but, okay. Well, <laughs> sorry. That explains it. Um, but yeah, it was on uh back. Uh, Chiaki mentioned the episode. I think it's 212, maybe. Episode 212, we talked about uh, anime films, and I listed off uh, a, a list of shame. Uh, and I've watched all of my films on my list of shame, or really? the one I, I listed on there, and that was The Wings of Oniyamas, uh, Midori, which we did a review of a couple of weeks ago. Indeed. And The Sensualist, which we're doing right now. So The Sensualist is directed by Yukio Abe, whom has been around for a while, but his directorial credits really aren't that big. He's He's been a... Uh, he has a lot of credits as an art director, which kind of doesn't surprise me because this is a very artistic movie, and I'm, he might have been selected for that exact reason. He he's done a lot of uh, art direction. He did the art direction on a film called Colorful. That's uh, yeah, I haven't I've seen, seen but I've heard I've that it's that. it's pretty good. It, did you like it? It's all right. Is it pretty? Yeah. Okay. Well, that yeah. makes sense. Uh, he was a background artist, and he did, uh, for example, the Dagger of Kamui. Okay. You know the Dagger of Kamui, I'm sure. Yeah. And uh, he's also done a lot of audio engineering, uh, like on, for example, on Battle Angel. But he doesn't have very very many full directorial credits. I don't think he has any except so, for so the Centralist. He, he did this one, and I'm just scanning through here, and I don't see anything either before or after. He, I don't think he's so. he has directed anything except for this. He's really just a art director, background artist, and audio engineer, which is a weird mix. Yeah, sort of is. So... But um, he actually did uh, a lot of... Uh, the, the screenwriter of this is Eiji Yamamoto, who was a frequent collaborator with uh, Osamu Tezuka. Okay. Uh, and he, Eiji Yamamoto was also a director who directed a lot of the stuff that uh, Tezuka uh, wrote. So 
So this movie came out in 1991. Um, people that people that watch the movie and then check the date afterwards might be surprised. I, I personally think it looks a lot older than it is. Uh, it's probably because the budget's low. Very very low. I mean, it's it, it looks like it's early 80s or early or late 70s, mm-hmm. but it's made in 91. So you know, around the same time as some other animes that we've talked about that look, you know. Much, much more impressive than this one does. I, n- not, not specifically by like the art direction, but by the quality of the visuals. Right. Um. I'm visually, I love how the movie looks. I, I think it looks like that's interesting. Of, uh, it looks like ukiyo-e paintings. Yeah, it's from, interesting. From like Edo period Japan. The animation's terrible. I mean, at times not a whole lot of animation going on. At times, it's barely animated. I mean, you'll get a lot of scrolling images, like still images, mm. and. Uh, looping animations and really slow moving fingers and stuff when they're having sex and by the way this I don't know that this review is going to be really explicit but it, there might be a little bit of naughtiness going <laughs> to, on to here. that one elementary school student that might listen to our podcast yeah. I mean you know they'll be like animating some fingers that sort of sexually move around on like a girl's thigh or something right. and that's you know so let's let's jump into the story. Um, <laughs> the story, okay. The the story, quote unquote. <laughs> Air quotes. Um, so the sensualist is based on a book called "The Life of an Amorous Man." Edo period book, right? Uh, before that, you know, I think it is Edo period. Actually, it's a uh, 17th century. By 17th century is still Edo. I it think. was written by by Saikaku Ihara, Ihara yeah. who was born in 1642. Yep. And, and uh, he was a yeah. poet and a writer and a novelist and uh, came to prominence in the in the Edo period. And uh, this was one of the one of a few books he wrote that's kind of based on this concept of an amorous person. He's all there's also one called The Life of an Amorous Woman. Cram, for those people that don't know what amorous means, what does amorous mean? Amorous means like uh, you're like you're kind of a you're a, you're a libertine. You're sexually active and sexy time man. Sexy time man. Ladies man. Okay, ladies, man, we'll go with or that. or a man's man if you're uh, if you're gay. But. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> um, so the the main character or the sensualist, um, the titular sensualist, as it were, is a guy named Yonosuke. Who you, is, uh, you said tit. <laughs> Are we going there already? <laughs> no, we're not. I'm just joking. <laughs> so he's a clothing store proprietor, and uh, like I said, the titular titular amorous uh-huh. man. Yeah. Um, it should. The story should pre- pres- presumably be about him, right? Yeah, I'm you with should, you would think so because there's a lot of so. there's a lot of narration that seems to be about him, but it actually doesn't really have much to do with him. Like he's it doesn't. A, he's in the movie, but the the central conflict of the story is based around this guy, a tailor by the name of Juzo. Juzo. So he's like a he's a commoner, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, well, he's um, he's a working class because he's a tailor. Right, um, but but like uh, in comparison to to Juzo, to uh, Yonosuke is merchant. Y- Yonosuke, class. who's a merchant, so right. he's a little bit higher on exactly. the totem pole. A little bit higher because I think that in 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 the in the Japanese caste system, it was working class, merchant class, and then samurai, and then lord. Yes, I think that's I think, I think that's, that's right. correct. So yeah. there might be some minor classes in between, but I think that's basically it. Yeah. So um, Juzo made a bet with some dude that we never see ever. Right. <laughs> He, but, but we know that he's a bad person. But we well, we know by the end that he's a bad person, kind of. Because they tell us that. But we'll t- we will talk about that. But he makes a bet with the with this some some jerk that he can sleep with a famous courtesan named Komurasaki. Now a courtesan is kind of a kind of a high class hooker, but she's not a <laughs> hooker. She's a 
She's, she's like a, a courtesan. She's a court lady. She's but. a cross between a geisha and a prostitute. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, like, like something she, like that. She, she's a prostitute, but she's very artistic and and, and hybrid. Their their affections and how they distribute said affections is very nebulous. The system by which they yeah they, yeah do that. So um so Juzo is off to the capital of Edo to make good on yeah. his wager and to try to sleep with this woman who's really famous, and he stops in at Yonosuke's. Uh, fashion shop. Whom he knows. Who he knows. Who they're friends somehow. Yeah. Well, he's a tailor and it's a fashion shop, so maybe so he's providing clothing or yeah. something. And uh, and immediately Yonosuke is like, "Whoa, dude, slow your roll." Yeah. Komurasaki. Komurasaki is a classy lady. She, she is. And basically explains to Juzo that she doesn't sleep with working class people at all, and she only recently started sleeping with merchant class people, which we are privy to because the the movie keeps cutting to scenes of her and Yonosuke getting busy, having sex, yeah, yeah getting, doing the horizontal tango. Well, we find out that Juzo is a, is kind of an idiot, and he, he makes, looks like an idiot. He too. looks like an idiot, and yeah. he acts like an idiot too. And he makes this bet that he could sleep with this woman on the first time. The first, first time the they first meet. meeting. Yeah. And they bring along he he's brought along a, a court jester or some kind of joker comedian. He calls him a clown. He calls but, him a clown. But um if Ju- if Juzo wins the bet, he receives a fancy villa yeah. or some some nice house. If he does not win the bet, he loses his manhood, which I'm presuming means they're going to cut his balls off. Cut, probably his dick. Probably cut his dick off. Wouldn't you die? No. Don't you need your penis? No, for what? I mean to urinate? No, the, the, I don't know. I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> okay, so anyway, so he lose he will lose his manhood. He will yes, yes, someone's going to cut off his wee wee or something in that yeah. area. Yeah. Um so Yonosuke and Juzo are clearly friends. Yonosuke says, "Okay, man, I can't guarantee you that she's going to sleep with you, but the least I can do is set up a meeting because at this point, like if you just go on your own, she's not even going to meet with you. So like you, you've already lost your balls. It's done. Yeah. Game over, man. Game over. Game over. And Juzo's freaking out. Oh my God, my balls. Oh man, it's going to suck. Why did did I do this? He actually grabs his nuts in one scene. He's like, he's like, Oh my manhood. Oh, um, so Yonosuke goes with Juzo and the clown, uh, who who the clown has come along to confirm that that they have. Just to be clear, he doesn't look like a clown. He either. doesn't look like a clown. He, he, a dude. he looks like Varus from uh, from Game of Thrones, the bald guy. Yeah, he did. And the kinda. way he kind of leans into the door when when well we no spoilers to, yet to do his naughty business to do his naughty business to to sneak and and can confirm that you know the intercourse is actually happening. He he very much looks like Varus from Game of Thrones. Um. So yeah, like one of the interesting things about the movie, and not interesting in really a good way, is that the story of Juzo and his central conflict is intercut with the backstory of Yonosuke. And Yonosuke's backstory basically tells well, it, us that it, that he bangs a lot of girls. Yeah, that he had his sexual like awakening when he was seven years old. Seven. And that he's, I, I don't have the numbers here, but he's, he's had sex with, he's been with. It was like 3,450 um, people and women, including like 750 men. Right, right. So over 3,000 people, including like a 700 or something men. So he's like you, Don Juan DeMarco, right? Do you is, know, that, is that the character? In, in health class in college, did you ever get that like chapter, that chapter in the book where they're like, 
if you've slept with 10 people, you've really slept with 150 people because <laughs> because it's like you've slept with every person those that they've scare, slept with. Those scare tactic books things. Because they're talking about disease, spreading of diseases. Yeah. And if, so I imagine that if you've slept with 3,500 people, you've slept with like a million people. Got it. Got it. It's got to be At true. At least. It's totally true. And that's considering... Why, that's why abstinence is the only way. Well, <laughs> if that's what you think. Um... So yeah, I I think it's it's really strange that like I don't I don't hate the movie because it doesn't actually tell the story of the sensualist of the main character or who should be the main character in Yonosuke. I just don't think it probably should have been called the the sensualist. I I have a well, feeling that they probably adapted a portion of the book that uh is set probably in the later half of the book. I haven't read the book. I haven't so read I'm the sure. book either and it's probably not in English. Um, but the the chunk of story that they decide to adapt for the film doesn't really have much to do with Yonosuke. So in order to tell his story, they just basically have to narrate it to you over images cut in between the stuff that's going on with Juzo and Komurasaki. It doesn't work that well, I don't think. I don't think it does either. I mean, you basically get... Juzo's story is kind of minimalistic and... Yeah, it's simple. simple. I mean, it's a simple conflict, but it makes sense. And um, Yonosuke, you don't even get his story, really. All you know about him is that he's... He's basically a very sexual free spirit. Yeah. And cool then guy. he bangs this chick over and over again. Yeah. He's like the Wilt Chamberlain of Edo period Japan. <laughs> what? How many minutes of, and this, just, just to clarify, this movie is only like 50 minutes long. How, how, how many minutes of the 50 minutes would you say are spent on like slow moving sex scenes with uh, Yunosuke? I don't know. Maybe 15. <laughs> 15 or so. I was going to say like 10, but yeah, I'd yeah, say 10, 15, something like that. It's a, it's a good, good little chunk. Um, and they're not like very erotic either. They're not. They're actually very, very symbolic. And I think I, I really enjoy how, I'm not sexually enjoy, but you know what I mean. Uh-huh. Uh, I appreciate. Okay, rather, sure. I appreciate how this kind of sexual symbolism is intercut with the sex scenes. Um, you've got things like the lotus flower, which has always kind of been considered a vaginal me- metaphor. Um, then sausages. 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 There are no sausages in this movie, but there is a turtle's head that pops into the screen yeah. at one point um, and you're like, oh, look at that, it's a dick, but it's actually a turtle's head, which in Japan I think is a very common uh, sexual symbol, sexual metaphor. Oh, really? Is the turtle, yeah. Well, they use all kinds I mean, of sexual metaphors in this movie, like flowers blooming. Yeah, and the lotus flowers and the, the turtle. and they, uh, they really, really clearly were trying to draw the depiction of a woman's vagina using like water ripples. Yeah. Yeah. Really obvious. And the water is the the water is one of the things that really stands out as being most influenced by the ukiyo-e, the floating world uh, yeah. art movement of Japan because it's all like these white lines on the blue field and stuff like that and the way it kind of moves as well, very well, they flat evocative. out they flat out show an ukiyo-e painting at one point where the oh, mom, yeah. when she's like having an orgasm. What is it? The great wave off kind yeah, of Yeah, and it's like was? It starts moving and like the like the, the the tension in the sex is like the waves crashing and all this stuff yeah. and then they show her lying there and there's like water rushing over her body and it's it's not terribly subtle though because the like there's there's a one one point where they use the waves and they put like a candle flame in front of the waves and the way it kind of jumps up and makes different shapes at one yeah. point it's it just it looks like a dick it is a dick it's a dick shaped flame. Uh, in I mean, front of a field of waves. It's not all that subtle, and we're all used to like the image of a flower blooming to represent sex. And, yeah, yeah. Very, I mean, it's an uh, old metaphor. I didn't really. I mean, I get, I get that it's all these artistic depictions of sex, but I didn't really take any meaning from it. 
I don't know that there's any meaning to be had from it. What the what, what the message of the movie is like? What am I supposed to get from the movie that like I'm supposed to be a free spirit sexually? Um, or I just don't. I think the the point of the movie is to kind of to be artistic and evocative, but maybe not to actually say anything definitive about the sexuality or that the philosophy of sexuality. Cause it doesn't really delve into that. I don't think that those are its goals. It kind of wants to tell a, a very simple story and do that in kind of an interesting and artistic way. And I think in that way it succeeds. And I did find it entertaining. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I movie. found it to be a little boring. Really? What did you like more? This or Midori? Um, this really? Yeah. Okay. Midori was, was bad. I didn't like that. Oh, I like Midori. Um, you like Midori better? Uh, I, I think I like them about the same. I think I think they're very very different. They are different. Well, they're both they both look old, but yeah. Other than that, they're very different movies. I mean, I didn't really take anything deep from the film. I wasn't sure what what it was trying to say. It kind of, it kind of just looked like a guy that wanted to make a porno movie, but he wanted to try to be like artistic about it. <laughs> And because it clearly isn't, an, isn't, it's not erotic enough to really to really accomplish any kind of erotic goals it could have. But it never feels exploitative. And no, I, I think the way Komurasaki is is portrayed uh, isn't it isn't offensive in any way. It's not. I mean, when they're when they're having sex, mostly it's her face hmm. or like there's some, some or some, some water bouncing. ripples or some stuff. There's some bouncing, a and little some, bit, some grinding and moving about. They do show her vagina once, very very quickly, very quickly. And, I mean, it's a slow-moving movie. I just didn't take any, any any real value out of the artisticness of the sex. This is my problem. See, I, problem I, I, thought I, it was, I thought it was very beautiful. Well, it's uh, not that it's not beautiful. Oh, well, that's the value that I took from it, is that, well, that I think that the imagery is really great. Um, the imagery is great. The quality of the art I think was it's, kind of bad. I think it's, it, it, it is genuinely arousing, though. Like, I think that it is genuinely sexy, the way the scenes mm, are, are so, portrayed. So, so, so. But uh, not not in the same way, pornography is arousing and sexy. It's it's very much kind of a wow. This is is effective in the way it's portraying these things. Like like even something as simple as her leg appearing from behind one of the screens. Like there's a like a dressing screen. Uh, the way it appears is very evocative of you know the things that are about to take place. I don't know. I, I like the pacing of those. Except in 1642, she probably would have had like hairy man legs. <laughs> Yeah, probably. <laughs> well, you're just a samurai at heart, aren't you, Cram? I am. I am Degozaru. Degozaru. Kuram Degozaru. <laughs> so the, the the conflict resolution comes when Juzo, spoilers if you're going to watch this, um, Juzo actually does end up sleeping with Komurasaki on their first meeting. The, the, nobody who's listening to this is probably going to watch this movie. Probably not. Plus, this movie is 24 years old. How, how hard was it for you to find it? Easy. Was it easy? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. There are... There are it's on YouTube, first of all. Okay. And um, you, know, you can find it in, from by another number of other other means, also on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, so she does end up sleeping with him, which it comes as a surprise because we've heard you know all these things about her, how she's classy and she doesn't do that and whatever. And the way they resolve it or explain it is that they literally just explain it away in a scene um, with her and Yonosuke uh, after the scene with her and Juzo. There's not much explanation. It goes something like this. Why did you sleep with them? You waited three times before sleeping with me. Well, the guy that uh that uh he made a bet with is kind of an asshole. So you know, I didn't really like that guy. Yeah, I kind of agree. He he kind of I've kind of thought he was an asshole too. Okay. Will you have sex with me? Yeah, let's fuck. Okay. And that's it. <laughs> that's it, pretty much. <laughs> that was wonderful. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. 
So, um, was it good for you? It was. It was great. Awesome. I, I do think people should seek this out, though. I think it's interesting. And and upon, uh, I think the artistry in it is really what sells it for me. Uh, of the issues that I have with it are to me are very minor and weren't very meaningful to my enjoyment of it. Cause I did really enjoy this movie. I think it's uh it's, it's, it's beautiful and evocative and we don't get art like this in anime. Yeah. I mean, I get what you're saying. I was bored. I, really? I it, it was very sad. slow. I was eating my breakfast, which was two eggs an apple and an avocado. And that was more interesting than the, than the movie and your eggs. I mean, it was just lulling me to sleep. It was moving very slowly, and I don't know. I don't. I don't know what I expected going it into is, it. It is kind of lyrical, visually and poetic. And it's not that I it's not beautiful it's, and poetic. I yeah. just thought it was a little boring. I enjoyed. Maybe it I wasn't bit. in the mood for it. I think. I, I mean, I think I enjoyed it about as much as Midori, and you know, the problems that I have with it are going to basically affect my enjoyment of it as much as the problems I had with Midori did that. It might be better if I did some drugs and I watched it. Maybe. Maybe. Ecstasy, or not that I don't do I don't do ecstasy, but if I did, the AAA podcast does not endorse drug use. Yeah, I don't really do any drugs. I, I don't even drink, actually. That's true. You don't, which is weird for some so? for someone living in Japan. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what are you gonna do? So, what would you score this? Um. Well, I I don't want to break your heart, Cram. Oh no. You yeah. well you, you gave what did you give me, Dori? Gave it a two. You gave it a two, and you said you liked this more than me, Dori. Yeah, marginally. Yeah. A, are you giving it a two and a half? I'm going to give this movie two and a half. Sausages. Sausages. Um, out of five. It's just so-so. It, 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 it really depends on who you are. If you're if you're an artistic person who loves art and is in the mood for something like this, I could see it getting like a three and a half. If you're a person who doesn't get it, you wanted to watch a porno and you don't get art and you were bored, I could see you giving it a one and a half. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a two and a half. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I think that's fair for someone who's someone with your sensibilities who looks for this, the kinds of things that you look for in anime. And you actually you called what the score I'm going to give it. I'm giving it a three and a half. I I think I used to appreciate artistic stuff in anime more than I do now. It's been so long since I've watched anime that are legitimately like well written with themes and symbolism and like Hibernate Enme type stuff where yeah. the whole thing is a symbolism of like purgatory and just great stuff like that that I've kind of lost touch with that in anime I think and because you just don't get that kind of stuff very often anymore that's and true. because of that maybe I need to go back and sort of relive some of the old like Fantastic Children and uh, some of the old the older anime that are you know more special in that way a bit more profound intellectually I guess yeah I can understand that, but yeah, if if and I would I totally agree with Mitsugi on this. If you if you're into art, if you are interested in ukiyo-e uh, art specifically, if you're interested in 17th century literature, uh, I mean, there's a lot of reasons. I mean, just his, if you're interested in Japanese history, uh, I think that this is something that might appeal to you. Uh, and if you just want something that's, um, I mean, I think this is a the good kind of a good kind of thing to just kind of put on in the background. If you're, you know, walking around the house and you want some, the music is very evocative and it's uh, uh, very much kind of old Koto and Shamisen filled music, very appropriate for the time period in which the, the movie is set. So the music is really nice. There's not a whole lot of dialogue in it and whatever's on the screen is almost always guaranteed to be something beautiful or creative or, you know, 
well interesting it's not a movie that you have to focus like extreme attention on all the time right there's not much of a story and most of it is just really symbolic depictions of sex and with with a little bit of old style music so it's definitely something that you could sort of put on while this might sound weird but like while you're studying or yeah okay while you're I don't even know. Do it like make draw like doing painting or something. Mm-hmm. Something some, something light and just to create some atmosphere. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh. I guess that unless you have anything else, I guess that's our review of the Sensualist. Well, it's not a very long movie. Oh, the one other thing that I did want to mention was the the studio that made this uh, is a studio called Studio Grouper, and <laughs> group what? Studio Grouper and like the fish. I, I believe this is one of only four projects that they ever made before the studio, you know, collapsed on itself and died. I've got. Let's see here. Studio Grouper. Anata ga furi toki. So what is it like? The what is it? What does that translate into? Anata ga furi toki. So when you when you wave the time when when you wave for my return. And then they did Ike Inachu Takubu, the ping pong club. Mm. Uh, Kiki to Lala no Haku Choza oh, no Ohime Sama. There's more than I thought. Kiki and Lala are learning about stars and constellations. Then there's another Kiki and Lala anime. Then there's the Sensualist. Then there's <laughs> Yosei Dick. Yosei Dick. <laughs> based on Hoverty Dick by Catherine Mary Briggs. Tells the story of a 300-year-old hobgoblin who lives in Widford Manor in the Cotswolds. So they've done one, two, three, four, five. Six, five six anime, six and two of them are Kiki, Kiki Tolala. The ping pong anime that you're looking at right now from Studio Grouper, that is that the original series that the new ping pong uh, series is based on? I don't think so. Is it not? I, I don't know. I don't know, to be honest. But Okay. But the art style looks totally different. But this is an actual series, not just a, not just a movie. Yeah. So this is a 26 episode series. Interesting. Yeah. All right then. Well, I guess that's the uh, the end of our review. Thank you for watching that. Uh, you the last couple of weeks, you guys have watched uh, some some interesting artistic old gems because of me, probably. Yeah. Well, you know, I have to need to add more anime to my list, so yeah. I have to be even more ashamed when I tell people how many anime I've seen. <laughs> So I'm going to have to lie pretty soon. I'm be like, I've seen 105. Uh, just not too many. Not too many, just 105. Just just half my life. Yeah, just, you know, <laughs> I, I'm too ter- I'm too terrified to enter my, all, my, all my anime in on one of those websites that breaks it down into minutes and days. Oh, it's my like, God, can you imagine? You've spent three months of your total life on anime, and I'm just be like, oh, God. <laughs> probably more than three months. Yeah, it probably is. I don't even want to know. I, I can't Add, I can't add that with it. all of your time on Ultima Online and Final Fantasy XI. Probably like it's probably like a solid year, mm-hmm. if if not more, at this point. Anyway, so we are hungry and it's lunchtime. It is lunchtime. About. We're gonna go it's out twelve twelve thirty p.m. So we're glad that we were able to record a buffer episode for you guys, so you didn't have to go without us while uh, the anime addicts Mitsugi is traveling in Japan. So. You can find us at our website, www.aaapodcast.com. The website is faster than ever. Everything's running perfectly. We, we've totally revamped the system we're using, and we think it's better than it was before. So come check it out. Play trivia. Join the forum. We are also on iTunes, so click, click that subscribe button so you can uh, get our episodes every single week. You'll never miss a single episode. And we're also on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Podcast. 
We've been posting a lot of stuff lately, especially from, from the Anime Japan convention. So if you want to look at those pictures, you can go back and look at those. Twitter.com. You can you can tweet us at AAA Podcast or you can tweet at Dusty Cram Cram. That's me. And of course, typically we're live every Saturday night at 9:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on UStream.tv. So we're glad to be able to do this for you guys. The uh, the the theme song taking you out today is a little ditty called Heart Realize from the anime Noragami by the artist Ray. And we'll see you guys when we see you. Probably next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Now that the show is over, don't forget to sign up for your free trial of Hulu Plus. Hulu Plus lets you binge on thousands of hit shows, including your favorite anime, anytime, anywhere, on your TV, PC, smartphone, or tablet. Support this podcast and get an extended free trial of Hulu Plus when you go to HuluPlus.com forward slash anime. That's HuluPlus.com forward slash anime.